What about the Kessel sister? I won't be able to like do it without thinking about Phil. <laughs> Is that a bonus or do I just start the podcast with that? Brings out a hot dog, Derek. <laughs> oh man. Um okay, let's do the podcast. <clears throat> How would you feel if like you just finished having sex and your partner just like reaches out? Let's say, okay, here's the situation. You go home with a lady, you uh you do the deed. And you're married, of course, because like even though it's a one night stand, like there's no such thing as premarital sex. And then she like leans over and like she's like leaning down behind the bed, she's like grabbing something you don't really know what, and she's got this like cooler and she like pulls out two hot dogs, ketchup, mustard. For some reason, they're steaming. She offers you one as a post uh, coitus meal. Would you offer it? Or would you take it and eat it, or would you run out in fear that she had um, hot, ready to go hot dogs sitting there? Man, I I don't know how to answer that one. What? Did, what? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Loose Change Podcast. Please DM us your answers to that question. We want to hear what you have to say. It's been a little bit, but we're back. It's Tyler. It's Kai. It's Brayden. Tyler, take it away. On today's episode of the Loose Change Podcast, the boys talk the wildcard races, discuss if any teams can actually beat the Bruins that are going to make the wildcard. We talk about Ovechkin being the best goal scorer of all time, the Loose Change loser of the week, the playoff race. The Boston Bruins are going to end up playing the Panthers, the Islanders, or the Penguins. The other team, the Hurricanes, get... um, Panthers, Islanders, or the Penguins. As far as the Boston series goes, is there any one of those three teams you think has the best chance of giving Boston a run? I think you got to say Florida. It kind of seems like they're back, eh? Especially because they've been really hot lately. Going really into the hot playoffs. lately. It's like Islanders have been like pretty good. You know, Penguins are poopy. And I think like the Panthers are going to end up being, I think Panthers Islanders are going to be the ones that make the playoffs. I don't think, I think Penguins are going to be outside looking in by the end of it. The Pittsburgh. Um, exactly. And then, yeah, I think just based off of how hot they've been, I don't think the Panthers should be taken too lately. I would go Islanders. Honestly, I don't know. I, I look at that team. And it's like, yeah, they're, if they get in, they're going to sneak in, but they're one of those playoff teams, right? Like for some reason, yeah. Uh, you, you take any of those bottom teams in the NHL and put them in the playoffs for whatever reason. I do legitimately think that a team like that would do well just because we know the rule book goes away. You could play a bit more physical, that grinding style that horse teams typically play. You, For whatever reason, it works really well in the playoffs. So if any team's going to give the Bruins issue, it's going to be another physical, grinded out team who's got really elite goaltending, and that's them. right? And the that's Penguins? exactly where I was going. Ilya Sorokin, Braden. That's the game breaker, man. Like I saw, like I, you know, we just kind of talked about there. I think that's the guy I would be taking in a in a must win game. I think he's one of the one of, if not the best goaltender in the NHL right now, and he does not get the respect that he deserves. Um, I think he'll get nominated for the Vesna. Akai, he's probably getting the respect like at some point. He's probably not going to win it, but mm-hmm. he should definitely be up there. All marks got it by a mile. Oh, for though. sure. Yeah, Sorokin could outduel him, and the Islanders have that. Identity. Well, how many how many finalists do they have? Do they have three or five? Three for the Vesna. Yeah, he might just be on the outside looking in on that one, but definitely in the conversation. Who else is going? I think I'd put Sorokin in the top three. If you look at all the expected, well, Allmark models, has definitely got it locked down. Yeah, I think Shesterkin will be on there. 
You could put like Vasilevsky or Sorokin. I think it could kind of go either way. Vasilevsky's been not great this year. He does have the name value, though. He does. Yeah, and but, if you uh, look yeah. at like wins, Gorgia, Vasilevsky, Shosturkin, all at 32. So mm-hmm. it could be any of those three guys. Gorgiev having a good season, too. It's true. Man, saw him against the Leafs the other night. He always plays well against Toronto, eh? Who doesn't? <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist. Did he not? True, true story. You look at Lundqvist's stats, he has a sub-900 save percentage at uh, the ACC in his career. That's got to be the only arena in the entire NHL where he has a sub-900. The craziest thing with that, too, is like, like he played Toronto when they were bad. Like, Prime Lungfist was like, yeah. shit, Toronto. I was Toronto with the stupid geometric leaf. <laughs> I don't hate that leaf, honestly, but the. You want to bring it back? Don't you they're, say it. They're a bit boring, but I don't know. I kind of like them. Sucks, that's the, that, those are the childhood ones that you grew up with. So you always have a little fondness mm-hmm. of the heart for it. For sure. Yeah. I like these new ones a lot more, though. But yeah, I think the Islanders are the number one team. And it's so crazy how quickly the Penguins have fallen out of favor. They've lost four games in a row. And now, with a couple of games in hand, sit on the outside looking in. It's going to be a dogfight. There's no way this is clinched before like one game remaining in the season. Could go down to the last game, to be honest with you. If Pittsburgh makes it, there's no way Boston or Carolina are losing to them, right? Do you think Carolina is a team that actually is to be like feared right now? At this point, losing Patrick yeah, I mean, yeah, losing you have to be. I mean, like they have 100 points in 69 games. Um, just that being said, I'm never gonna say that they're a lock entering a playoff series just because they yeah. fooled us time and time again. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, what? I'm not going to slander them at all. They're unbelievable. True. I was asking for slander, and you won't do it. Fair enough. I'll do I it. Refuse They're slander. They've got no star power. I knew you know, Brady would do it. That's from... why I asked. I no, like, really, I say they have no star power. Like, obviously, they got Aho and shit. But like, don't they have only like one guy that's over a point per game, and it's uh, Marty Nietzsche's? I think you're right. Right? Like, I guess it's because of well, sorry, Aho's over a point per game, but he's been injured, but. I don't know. I just, to me, like they don't, it's solid all the way through, but I feel like you need those stars in the playoffs. And I don't think they have it. I, to, to me, I'm more the Florida Panthers the or the Islanders, Braden are the, are the team I'd pick over the Carolina Panthers. I'd take I just, both those wildcard teams over them. I don't trust, uh, I, I don't trust the Panthers goaltending. Having taken Bobrovsky in my fantasy, like I do not trust that goaltending at all. Even Spencer Knight, he's just been on and off this year. I don't, mm-hmm. Do you trust the Canes goaltending? No, but I trust their structure more than I trust the uh, Panther structure to cover up for it. I agree with that. I want to see Matthew Kachuk in the playoffs again. He was so good in Calgary (laughs) on those runs. (sighs) But it's it's kind of a shame. We were missing Stuart from the podcast today, obviously. Um, Not sure if it's uh, one of those balloon incidents, but he is missing. I think that's what it's going on. The Penguins, he's a big Penguin fan. They're, he doesn't even want them to make the playoffs. I was talking to them on the weekend. He's at the point where he just wants the best pick. Like he's given up on the season. He'd rather them not make the playoffs because he doesn't want to watch them get mucked up in the first round. Like that's how, that's how Penguins fans are feeling. If you want to get the pulse on Pittsburgh. Stu's entered his Canucks fandom phase. <laughs> he's entered his Canucks <laughs> That's very funny. He's pretty much at that point. 
and we'll get to, to Canucks corner a little bit later, but that's pretty much all I wanted to ask about the East. Cause it's definitely turned into a three men race. Pittsburgh can turn it around if they can somehow keep up with Florida. But honestly, at this point, I don't see it happening mm-hmm. into the West. I don't see Calgary as an option at this point. Nashville might be the only threat to Winnipeg and Seattle is probably too far ahead too. I'd say Winnipeg has to choke for this to be even a conversation, right? I mean, they have been just since the last time we had a podcast, like I'm shocked to see them in the, in the second wildcard spot at this point. Um, I'm not going to count out Calgary until I... I'm just going to look at their schedule. Do they have any head-to-heads against Winnipeg still? Oh, that's uh, always a good point. Those are games are fun to watch, eh? While Kai looks that up, I just want to say one quick thing with the East. They do have two games against the Canucks. Oh, so. Never mind. And so, the they'll Jets. lose. They're losing against the Canucks because it's Canucks time to shine. Yeah. A game against the Jets on Wednesday, April 5th. That could be a big game for Calgary. Could. could be. But I don't know. Calgary, they seem so dejected already. I know it's, you know, all it takes is a four-game, five-game winning streak, and then it's we've changed the tune. We can mm-hmm. next week on the podcast be talking about it, and it'll be wildly different. But at this point, I'm all out on the Flames. I could fix that team in one day. Fire the coach, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I do. I, he hates them, they hate him. Like it, it seems pretty easy, just fire him. I do not know why they haven't done it. Yeah, Kadri hates him. Kadri dealt with Babcock. If Kadri can't deal with you, like... <laughs> it's a pretty bad sign. Very bad sign. Oh yeah, I don't know. Just get rid of him. Get rid of it. Say goodbye. Thanks. Thanks, Daryl. See you later, bud. Go back to your farm. Yeah. Well, okay. Moving past the playoff races onto something a bit more fun. The fanatics are not the fanatics, not the fanatics. Really? It is. It is the fanatics. I had to double check the article. They are the official uniform creators, sponsors, makers for the NHL going forward, replacing the hockey fans everywhere are pissed off. eh? Yeah, I'm so excited. I am the biggest fanatics truther in the world. Is Am this your, I? Uh, like alter they, ego? they have to up the quality, right? Well, there's no way it's as bad as it has been. Out, looking into articles, apparently they're going to be taking over warehouses from Adidas. So hopefully that would improve yeah. quality. And I mean, uh, you never know. Like, obviously, this is going to lead to more revenue. So maybe they can afford a little bit of a higher quality product. But I mean, I my personal favorite was the Reeboks. Oh, how good were the Reeboks? They were so good. Uh, the, better, the best, the best I'm, ones. I'm though, worried about it though. Those original '90s CCM ones. Oh yeah, if those you are find a used CCM, just like those things are mint. They're still like I just I that white McGillney skate jersey I bought. That's a '90s <sighs> CCM. That thing is fresher than some of the Reeboks I have. Like that is prime condition. We got to go back to those days. But fanatics, I don't like the player level ones. You know we're going to be good. The authentic ones, whatever the players were, like Sandy Child, it's going to be what the players were. Those will be fine. The but that's away. just curious because I haven't seen an authentic. Well, well that's series. the thing, right? Like Fanatics only made those breakaway series, which are the fan ones. Yeah, I've got a bunch, and I've never had an issue. I saw one today. though. did you see the Spurgeon one? No. Uh, they sent a Spurgeon. This guy ordered a Minnesota Spurgeon one, and they sent it. It says Spurgino on it. How <laughs> many examples of that is Dude, there going to be? He got it signed by Spurgeon. 
like no. he puts it the video of it too, and Spurgeon's like signing it, and he puts like Spurgino and posts on it too. Dude. That's so fucking funny, dude. Like, I kind of like it. I kind of like. I I kind of want to fuck. You kind of like how bad that it is going to be because it's kind of funny for the memes you enjoy the NHL getting the fanatics partnership. I want a fucked up fanatics jersey now. Will I get one? Probably not. But I mean, all you have to do is order fanatics jersey. You have a good chance it'll come fucked up. So many fanatics jerseys and none of them are fucked up yet. Really? Yeah. Oh man, all of Twitter was just a cesspool of people posting their fanatics. miss prince it, it's been pretty epic but yeah uh, speaking of jerseys um pride jerseys have been kind of in the news lately i would like mm-hmm. to come out and make it clear that the loose change podcast is a pro-gay podcast in that fact i like gay absolutely. people more than straight people on average we... um, i'm with you especially in bed but good for the sharks handling it correctly going to the sharks James Reimer, I'm sure people have heard about it in the hockey world. If you're listening to a hockey podcast, you've heard about this by now. But good for the Sharks handling correctly. Couture comes out and says, Reimer has the right to do whatever he wants. He's a free country, but we have the right to express ourselves. And as as the Sharks organization, we want to wear these jerseys. We're excited for this. And we think it's a very important thing to do and a very important game and day for us. So really cool that most people are on board. And I think we should make it and I want to make it clear that on this pro- platform, look at all the people that are on board with this. Look at most NHL players in the 90s, 80s. It would have been the case in past generations. I'm happy that most players take it very seriously and are very for it. Those that aren't typically hide behind the Bible, religion, and not much else, really. Their cultural differences. And I don't know how to argue with those people. But it's, I think it's a shame and there's nothing much we can really do at this point to change their minds. I think that's been made clear. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, mean I, I sorry, go ahead. Bruce. No, Kai, after you, buddy, I, I, I talk a lot. I, I think that was well said, Tyler, <laughs> for sure. It was nice to see the Sharks organization take that stand. And it's disappointing to see other teams not follow suit with that level level of ownership and that level of leadership that Couture showed. Like which teams? Um, well, today in the news, we got the Blackhawks that came out and they announced that they're not going to be wearing their pride jerseys. Not at um, all. The whole team isn't. Yeah. Officially, okay. it's reported now that they're doing so because of the uh, anti-gay propaganda law that got passed in Russia. And they have three Russians on the team. So because That's of right. that, they're using that as an excuse for the entire team not to wear pride jerseys. Which, oh, that's in my pretty opinion, weak. It's such a cop-out and a terrible way to go around it. And, you know, I think with the Canucks coming up, they're supposed to have their pride event uh, next week. They haven't announced yet if they're going to wear jerseys or not. And I know for a fact that if they try to go about it the same way that the Blackhawks went, they'll get eaten alive in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Canucks fans will not stand for that. No. You gotta if if you're like okay, you don't want to put Russians in a difficult position. You don't want their families to be in danger back home. I get that. Uh, scratch those players, and then the team wears the jerseys. Here's my thoughts. Fuck you, Russia. I don't give a shit. Maybe you should have voted Putin. Maybe you guys should have got rid of that fuck. Deal with the consequences. You're all buddy buddy with the fucking bald fuck. 
this is our issue with the Russians. Oh, we got to protect them for this. You know, we got to watch out. So we're gone from all. Oh, you can't blame them for what's going on in Ukraine. Oh, they can't say anything. No, fuck you. Take a stand. We saw Panarin do it. You think that guy's wearing a pride jersey? Okay. Sure yeah. He's to. It, but it, like asking all Russians to take a stand is uh, look what Panarin had to go through after that. I feel as though his family had to get like they had to like flee Russia. So, well, I think there's a bit of, you know, a big reason why we don't hear where a lot of Russians stand on it is because if they got, if they came out and showed their true allegiances, people wouldn't like them very much. Um, no, like tough shit. Like I said, it's just hiding. You're hiding behind nothing. You know, I was reading a great article today that really went in depth about the risks involved. Uh, and the lowdown on that is that the Russian government, dude, those politicians have bigger fish to fry right now than worrying about uh, if some athlete in North America wore a jersey with a rainbow little logo on it for 15 minutes of warm up. Yeah, and I I also want to like bring it back to the whole the wearing of the jersey. Like you mentioned, Brayden, is it really that big of a deal just to put on a rainbow color? You know no, what I mean? No, and like with Reimer, like he wore pride, he used pride tape before, and everyone was like, "Well, why? What about that?" And he's like, "Well, it's not as in your face." What's the fucking difference, dude? Mm-hmm. There's no like that's such a thin. I'll tell you what the difference is. When he did pride tape, Provorov had him refused to wear it. Provorov refused to wear it, and now we have this. Good job, Gary. And that's kind of what's been happening a lot in like society in general lately. It feels though a lot of people are deciding to make these like opinions form these opinions that are um contradictory to the normal opinion of society just to do dude, it dude the russian shit here's here's a great example of the russian excuse why it's bullshit oh we gotta protect them all right guys uh so thank you for coming out to military appreciation night uh you'll see ivan provorov in a u.s military jersey thank you for the service really that's fine there's no issues with provorov wearing a jersey that supports the u.s military yeah i see the irony you're pointing out and I do like appreciate you bringing it up, but I want to focus on a little bit of the positive side in that at least most teams and most players are taking a stand. I don't think that's good enough, Tyler. Yeah, it's not. It's not it good enough. It has to be mandated by the league. You're wearing these fucking jerseys. It's not good enough um, for sure with how it's being handled, but I'm speaking. I guess speaking from a player's perspective, and I want to say like say it specifically like player wise, what would the players really have to do? I agree. Like maybe the NHL as a league can look for like mandating and suspensions for yada yada yada. Call but, out like, your teammates as a player. Call out those players. Is that not what Couture kind of did? No. Okay. It's not good well, enough. I mean, it's not good enough. I'll what Couture up. did was absolutely fine. I got right. Oh, he has the right to expose. We're his, changing he, the conversation there. He has his. Well, my here's my thoughts on it. Oh, he has his right to stay as his opinion. Okay, let's throw it back a little bit. Now I know this is a little bit different because it's players being barred from playing in the league and the guy coming in, but in different sport, but still. So if we look back at Jackie Robinson, some guy going, "Oh, he should be allowed to play in the league because he's black." Hey, what do you think about your teammate saying that? Oh, well, you know, he's entitled to have his own opinions. Yeah, but your opinions are going against like the rights of other human beings. That's the issue. This isn't. Oh, well, you know. He, he just doesn't, it irritates the skin. He can't wear the jersey. No. This is yeah, something where no. people want to feel welcome to the game, and we're not doing it. Okay, yeah. And how about this, then? What about the argument that, hey, 
there's going to be people like it's clear that 100% of the population isn't on board with gay people like look at America where most teams are half the like there's plenty of people that aren't for gay marriage in a lot of those states where teams reside just like backing up a little bit like yes I get like we're all progressive and we're all on board but look at how many people aren't and the like forcing players to wear that you know when you say it like that they are getting if they're getting forced to wear something that's counter to their beliefs I think that's unfair and they should have the right to express it and then we should have the right to express our disappointment in their decision to do that. Well, well, okay, Tyler. I mean, I think that that is a fair argument. But at the same time, why that the NHL has to take such a hard stance on this is because we've, as we've talked about on this podcast numerous times, hockey culture needs to change. And it's like, I'm sorry if this makes you uncomfortable, because that's what it is. It's not like. Mm-hmm. It's not you getting forced to do it. It's like end of the day, it makes them uncomfortable to wear a pride jersey. And Tough you're right titties. in some areas. Yeah, like people aren't going to be open to it and they're not going to change their mind. But in those areas, those kids that are growing up, if they're growing up in an environment where it's not welcome and they're not seeing, you know, in sports and mainstream in media where they're looking up to and where they're going to pull a lot of their values from, if they're not seeing it there either, then it's not going to change. Right. That's a bigger part of it. You, It needs to be visible in order for that change to occur as time goes on. Hockey is for everyone, is what they're saying, right? Yeah, so show it. Mm-hmm. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, and it's, it's disappointing when you hear the rationalizations that some players came out. Like, for example, in Reimer's statement, he says very backwards. This doesn't make sense. It's contradictory. He says, I love all people. And I respect all people and hockey is for everyone. I also do will not wear a pride Jersey because it is a sin according to the Bible. Yeah. It's because he doesn't think the LGBTQ people. It's a a shame that he says hockey is for everyone. And then he says, except for these people, but it's for everyone. Like that's what he's saying. And I agree. It's wrong. I'm just, I I do want to, just not to be on a shit on. Hey, you need. You, I want to look at other solutions rather than just. Hey, everyone needs to figure it out because that's just ne- not how life and the world is working right now. No, people have the right to not wear the jersey. I agree, you do have your right, but again, consequent. You have the right to express yourself how you want. That doesn't mean that you're absolved from consequences of those actions. At the absolutely at its most basic, yeah. you have yeah. a contract that states you're going to wear the what we tell you to wear, and if you're not, you're not playing. Oh, okay. You're not going to wear the jersey? Then you're not fucking playing tonight. I that's agree. the solution. To me, that's the solution. Okay, you're not wearing it. You're not playing tonight. You're not getting paid for tonight. You're violating your contract. Fuck off. I think that's fair. I think coaches and teams should have, and it would have been cool for to see them scratch those players. And then what if we had cap circumvention where, like, oh, uh, Nikita Kucherov isn't going to wear the gay pride jersey for half the season. But he's going to wear it for playoffs, though. And then now he's able to come back and uh, the cap isn't. Uh, he shaves his head, becomes a skinhead, like commits the whole bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, speaking of people that kind of suck, um, it's time for our loose change loser of the week. It's been a little bit. It's been a while. Um, loser of the month. Loser of the month. And let's yeah, be real. Here. The fact we're not giving it to Binnington this month says something about this guy who's Tyler's yeah. about to inter- introduce. Yeah, this is 
in the hockey world, so we'll keep it in the hockey world. Carson Briere, Danny Briere's son. I'm sure everyone's heard about it, but to recap, the guy was at a bar. At, there was a wheelchair at the top of stairs, bathroom under at the bottom of the stairs, and he, when no one was really around, fucked around and pushed the wheelchair down the stairs, <laughs> damaging the wheelchair, and there was video of it. I, for one, am shocked that a rich white kid that got kicked out of Arizona State for partying too much is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, let's I, not for forget one, this is the same kid that got dismissed from the Arizona <laughs> State team. <laughs> oh, what a piece of shit. No, like, honestly, I, I really don't get how anyone's defending the kid. Oh, he was young. He's drunk. No, he's 23. That's not young anymore. You're an adult. Oh, he's drunk. I've never done that when I'm drunk. Oh, nope. when did we get soft? Dude, that's somebody's ability to, like, move. I've heard people rationalizing that. It's like, how drunk was he though? Like, you've never made a mistake when you're drunk? Like, not like that. No, (laughs) not like that. I have not. I haven't maliciously thrown other people's wheelchairs downstairs. (laughs) Anyways, let me set it up a bit more, Brayden. Let me set it up a bit more. He got charged for pushing an unoccupied wheelchair down a flight of stairs. Three misdemeanor charges, criminal mischief, conspiracy to commit mischief, disorderly conduct. And for all of that, this is his big statement. Might take me a while. Here we go. I'm deeply sorry for my behavior on Saturday. There's no excuse for my actions, and I'll do whatever I can to make up for this serious lack of judgment. Oh, okay. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. You seem really sorry. <laughs> That's for sure. Hey, you sorry I you got caught. don't support hitting children, but you don't think Danny Breer had every right to go home that night and smack his kid once and Stop. say, what are you doing? I just became GM. You're not hitting a child. Like, oh yeah, you're hitting at twenty three. You're, you're allowed to hit him. You're allowed to hit him, and like, he deserves to get hit. By job or not, like, yeah, does it? <laughs> is it like the worst timing? Given that the dude just started a new job, yeah. Oh, I'd but be so mad. Job or not, like, what the fuck, dude? What are you doing? No, like, he should be charged with assault too, as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's somebody. That's an extension of the body. Mm-hmm. Looks like a bunch of people raised money for Sydney Beans, who came out after saying it was her wheelchair that uh, was damaged, broken, bent. <laughs> Anyways, the, she got a bunch of money. $2,000 is going to cover her wheelchair, and she's going to donate the rest of it. So there's something that good came out of it. It's always great when hockey Twitter and hockey fans make something good out of something terrible and hilarious at the same time. So why didn't the Flyers pay for it? Did they pay for it? Like, did they do anything? Yeah, if I'm the Flyers, so I'm donating a million dollars to peoplewithwheelchairs.org. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, like honestly, God, like, did they do anything? I, I don't know if they did, but like, if you didn't, why didn't you buy a new wheelchair? Like, like one of those ones with like jetpacks or something like high up, too. Well, yeah, get her some good shit. Like, the one that they threw down the stairs, like, that looked like a pretty basic one. And even that, like, yeah, she, she said it cost grand. 2K. Like, I was like, they're what? fucking expensive. It's ridiculous, dude. Like, they're I'll way too expensive. Nice That's a different one. discussion. But yeah, dude, like, absolutely, the flyers should be doing that. I, I don't know, but he's a piece of shit. Who's shocked? Not me, but. Uh, you know, hockey culture. But yeah, Carson Freer. Carson, by the way. what a name. Um, if there's any Carson who's listening to this podcast, sorry. Your name makes you sound like a I shouldn't have even mentioned the Arizona State got kicked out thing. His name is Carson. Really? <laughs> the, the white kid named Carson is a piece of shit? You want to know? Yeah, you, I don't even know if you even watched it. He's wearing his hat backwards in the bar. Whoa, 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 you, wait. But... Whoa, whoa. We're not going to do this. Some people have bad hairlines. Some people look good with a backwards cap. We can't assume things. Wait, was it flat brim? Okay, then we start talking. 
But um, <laughs> moving on to something a little bit happier, the winner of the month, the winner of the week, Braden, your favorite goal scorer, the guy that you've been saying is going to pass Gretzky for years now, has passed Gretzky for the most 40 goal seasons in, in NHL history. Now with 13, I just want to go in a little nerd stat out with you. Is that cool if I nerd out with you some stats? You can. I don't think he passed the record yet, but you can. He doesn't have the record for the most goals, but most for 40 goal seasons in NHL history. Yeah, but like it, that, there's an asterisk, on, an asterisk on that as far as I'm concerned. Why? I, I count WHA. I know that's not NHL, but that's professional hockey. That's the same level. There's NHL Well, here's in the there. thing. It says in NHL history, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah, even so. Also, in- Gretzky had one 40-goal season in the WHA. That that's means it. Ovi still needs one more to do it, though. Okay. And are you not giving Ovi credit for the shortened seasons he's had to deal with? He had two shortened seasons where he would have sc- scored more than 40. Thanks, Gary. No, I, I, I not including I the old lockout. I've been three, but... three seasons oh. there. He would have broken the record by now, though, if it wasn't for those lockouts. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Anyways, dude, there's only been one season in his 18 year career where he was not on at least a 40 goal pace. That year <laughs> was 2010, 2011. The Atlanta Thrashers were still in an NHL team at this point. He has nine 50 goal seasons, meaning 50% of his 18 year career, he scores 50 goals in a season. I can't believe that he's still going at this age. Him, Buchek, I believe it's pronounced, the Bruins guy that scored a bunch of goals. And sure. And uh, what's his name? What's his name? Oh, yeah, Gordy Howe. Those are Johnny the Buck? only Johnny Buck. Is that Buck. I think it's pronounced Busey. I, I thought it was Buck. Anyways, there's three players ever over 37 to score 40, and Ovi's out here doing it. So it's looking like early 2024, 2025, Ovi will get the record if he maintains All-time his All-time goals record. Because he is 74 goals shy right now. And he's clearly not going to slow down. All of us have been factoring in, okay, well... That year, he'll score 40. Then the year after, he'll slow down, score 35, 30. Meanwhile, he keeps on scoring at a 50-goal pace. So, no, and I, I mean, this year, is, it's been different. He he definitely has not been in, like, the forefront of the news as much. It's like, it's a very quiet 40-goal season. A <laughs> very quiet 40-goal season. I have a question, and I'm going to get yelled at for this. All right. But I think <laughs> it's worth discussing. Yeah. We shit on Gretz. I don't. People shit on Gretz going, uh, the goalies couldn't stop anything back then. Can't count the same. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to score 100 points this season. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a good player. How many power play points? Has 100. Well, the amount of 100 point players that we've got this year. Are we approaching that like 80s level now with what scoring's back up to that we might have to if we're going to look at the 80s with an asterisk are we going to yeah, look if, at stats if, if you play with the oil if you play on the Oilers sure Yeah that's like saying like looking at Gretzky's line mates and like looking at their stats and being like well okay I guess but even league wide back then you had a shit ton of 100 point scores and we're going to have that this year So yeah, my point but... being is with Nuge specifically is if a guy like that is putting up 100 do we need to look at a year like this in this era of hockey with the same asterisk that we do in the 80s? 
I hear what you mean. And the answer to that is to an extent, but not as much as you'd think. Because era adjusted, if you look at save percentage, goals per game, yada, 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 it's still, it's higher than it was five, six years ago, but it's not near the 80s was. Okay, that's fair. McDavid has 136 points. (laughs) 14 (laughs) points away from 150. And he has 13, or sorry, 11 games left. Clearly, he's hitting that, right? Why why do you guys think scoring has gone up so much this year? Because I don't think it's like goalies are getting worse. Players are getting better. I think, honestly, Kai... Is coaching getting better? Like, special teams, power play coaching, potentially? I think goalies are getting worse. Is that fair to say? Like, look, let's look... No, no, hear me out. Hear me out. Carey Price. Hank. Those two were a part of the league for so long. Roberto Luongo. Look at the Vasilevsky and Shesterkin and Sorokin are just as good as those three were. I I have the reason. Goalies used to be better. I have the reason. I have the reason. All right, let's hear it. Okay, I read this great article a couple years ago. It really stuck with me. And I was talking about the reason that Matt Murray specifically declined. The what that attributed to, okay, like hardest thing as a goalie. I don't know if you guys saw it too. There's a great piece with Longfist and Nurse on one of the intermissions, and Longfist was saying how the hardest thing for a goalie in a breakaway is when a player moves side to side. Because before you take a shot, you have to set your feet. And it's really tough to set your feet when you're moving laterally. It's easier to do when you're only moving forwards, backwards, right? Shuffling side to side is tough to position and get ready. So as it relates to Murray, is that when Murray won those cups, the NHL was a lot fucking slower than what it is now. Players weren't as fast, players were slower. You know, more touch and grab. Guys just weren't moving as fast. Because of that, puck movement was way less lateral and a lot more, you know, just north-south hockey. Murray was good. Switched over, faster players. We got new, like, we got McDavid, right? Petey's, like, mm-hmm. I know Petey's, like, not a burner, but the guy's got pretty good fucking speed, especially laterally. You look at what's happened to the NHL, it's just got so much faster. So to me, it's not even that goalies have necessarily gotten slower. It's just that our method of teaching goalies you know, the the training that those goalies have hasn't caught up to the speed that the players are at yet. So I think we'll see goaltending coaches find a way to counteract that uh, and come up with ways for the goaltenders to better manage that lateral movement. But as far as right now, why I would attribute and what I think is the reason for that scoring going up is that the player's speed has increased. It's causing the goaltenders to move with a lot less time to set up for a shot. And as such, that save percentage is going down. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Do you have any ideas, Kai? <laughs> You're a goalie, Kai. What do you think? I, I mean, I think that makes sense. But, like, the only guy who's for sure changed the speed of the game is McDavid in the last, like, decade. Like, I can't think of anyone else who's joined the league who's, like, far and away faster than someone was before. I, the I league as average. a whole has gotten faster yeah. for sure. It has. Like there's yes. so many guys like like fucking Mikheyev on the third line that have crazy speed that are just faster than McDavid in a straight line. Right, you've got third liners that can do that shit now. Remember when Carl right. Hagelin was like the fastest guy in the league? And think of like to back to 2011, that did not happen. Like 12 years ago, that was not the thing. Like that's mm-hmm. how quickly people and offense has improved. And in a in this type of sport, I think it's very easy to get better at offense. You mentioned coaching, Kai. The whole slot shot, the passes from side to side, forcing goalies to do that. There's got to be way more of that now, right? Way more of that now. That's I think so. Big I, factor. 
that and then the big one too when i look at the good teams what they were really good at and what they're obviously i'm going to relate it canucks a little bit canucks haven't been able to do it other than with kuzmenko is that backdoor tapping like mm-hmm. getting using that speed to get around people that sit behind and then like a little backdoor pass slap shot pass or shot whatever it is like that seems to be a way that a lot of really good teams are scoring now is using that speed using that escapability get out get that pass in behind the goalie do you think it's possible that goalies bounce back very quickly? Like, do you think next year we see this go right back, or is it just offense is going to keep on improving? We're going to see more and more 50 goal scorers, 100 point players. I think it's going to go in waves, right? Like, As it always coaches, does. yeah, goaltending coaches are going to take a little bit to catch up and to figure it out. Same with the goaltenders. You mm-hmm. know, kind of, I love Ian Clark. He he seems to figure it out, but I think by far large in a way, it's going to take a little bit till it catches up. And that's because it's going to be reliant on kids that are growing up as goalies and playing in that faster environment, right? You kind of just get used to it as you grow with it. I think there is something, man, to my whole goalies used to be better than they are now too. Like I, I'm just looking around the league. Tell me who are, elite goaltenders in the league is there that many that are just consistently really good i feel so there's so many players getting their first start AHL backups but like craig anderson's 41 starting for the sabers i don't know man outside of sorokin shashurkin vasilevsky demko is there is there any allmark has a 937 and a 1.95 and was allmark that (laughs) way two years ago like i I just feel so back in the day, Marc-Andre Fleury, Carey Price, Jonathan Quick, fuck, Roberto Luongo, Pecorine, Ryan Miller, Lundqvist. There's so many killers. But I think we do that. You're saying, but like, I'm just looking at ESPN right now uh, and sorting by goalies with the most wins and the ones that all have the most wins, not a single one's below 910. Like, and there's a number of guys at like above 920. Those guys the, you mentioned. The league average right now is 904, which is yeah. down from last year from 909. Now, the guys you mentioned, though, too, there, Tyler, like, for sure, those guys are good. But, like, think of how long Miller's career was. That guy was a killer for five seasons. Even Price. Price, like, what, five seasons? Luongo, five seasons where he was a killer. And then, like, I think Luongo a had a little bit more consistency. Yes. He no, never I agree, was I... as good as Price was in his prime, but I think that he was better than price for a lot of seasons yeah oh for sure again the easiest way to me think of that is like nhl ratings if price is a 90 like five lou was in that 88 to 92 for like such a solid fucking chunk and mm-hmm. well if you want to compare errors like then if you talk about those goalies then where are these current goalies being ranked if you're going to compare those same numbers like how many goalies do we have above 90 now compared to then i bet you we had way more but it's still relative like I, I it is relative analytics sure. article I talking it. about how yeah. like froder was I don't want to say not that great of a goalie, but that like he didn't face a lot of high danger shots because the New Jersey Devils played such a great defensive zone system and totally. because they had such defensive players. He right. didn't have to face a lot of hard shots. Hashik? Fucking hell yeah, he did. So Hashik, best goalie of all time. Hashik is the best goalie of all time. Uh but yeah, I don't know. I think I to sum it up, I don't think it's like goaltending has gotten worse. I think the players have gotten better and they just need to catch up. Yeah, well, let's transition then from that conversation. Let's we'll get to Canucks Corner and wrap it up in a bit. But before you guys watch that World Baseball tournament, the World Baseball Classic, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, Uh -oh. uh, I didn't watch the beginning of it, but I started watching the highlights and I was like, this baseball is insane. I Like, it's, I miss I, out. it was legitimately very, very good baseball and everyone was taking it really seriously. Where from what I was hearing, that was the thing that a lot of people were nitpicking about the tournament going in Right. is that it kind of wasn't really treated as a best on best, like try your hardest situation. I was looking at that and feeling that way because I was like cheering for Canada and seeing all our MLB players not play. I was like, oh, so no one's no one gives a fuck. It's like the World Cup of Hockey that we do in the summertime that happens during the playoffs every year that no one pays attention to. But it would totally wasn't that it was actually the exact opposite, where if you look at parts of the world, people were losing their shit. Dude, I saw this one tweet that said over 50 percent of Japan televisions. Holy fuck, actually. We're watching the semi-final game. The semi-final game. Over 60% of the Cuban televisions were watching their game. I just, that is a slam dunk home run. Knocked it out of the park. I couldn't believe how well it did. I <laughs> Wow. That's insane. I didn't know it So was that. God, they just damn. put Barstool Baseball just posted this. Approximately 97.4 of TV, 97.4% of TVs in Japan were tuned in to watch the uh, final out. Ninety-seven Of the game. percent, dude. There's never been anything in all of Canadian history that has ever been ninety-seven percent of Canada watching. I was going Ever. to say, what do you think? The, what was the golden goal? Like the gold that game? I bet you that's sixty percent, sixty-ish percent, seventy Right, percent. and that's got to be the highest one. Got to be for sure. There's no way that ninety-seven That's insane. percent, Kai, is that that is so stupid. Yeah, like a smaller population. And too. doesn't And that I. make you want that for the hockey? Oh, fans you have to. that's what you want give us that But like, do you think that the players would take it seriously? look how seriously and fun th that one tournament was with team north america bro team north america True. was so fun to watch they were taking that shit seriously felt like the teams they were playing were taking it pretty seriously too Do you hear what Trout was saying about this whole tournament? no Saying coming into this game, uh, coming into the game yesterday, he said that it was the most important game of his career. Well, I mean, he plays for the Angels. That's not saying One much. of, but <laughs> No, but still, I mean, that's, <laughs> like, no, I mean, that I think that is saying something. It's these guys actually had pride playing for the country. And yeah. McDavid's had an interview today. He was like, this is what we've been asking for years for. Yeah, that was big Uh, of him to and come like, out and say that. It's gonna. I think that's big when you're bet the best player in the world is coming out and saying that we need a best on best tournament. Oh, it's pathetic that we're gonna. never see they were very likely that we're never going to see mcdavid and crosby playing the same team Yeah. doesn't it feel kind of like like ugly too and scummy that it's been used as a negotiation tactic for players like hey We'll give you the best on best tournament, but you got to give us something. These negotiations, as if it's not the best for everyone, as as if best it's not for going fans, to make a shit business. ton of money for the NHL. Yeah. It makes no sense that that it's so scummy, and I hate that the NHL used that in their last negotiations, and probably will continue to. It's it's a joke and actually really gross. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Pay the But players. I it's so cool, and I I love that, and I hopefully. Maybe, like you said, Kai, it's money motivated. Maybe their stupid brains can see this at least and be like, oh, 
oh, we'll just do that now. Maybe they had to be shown the way by baseball. And just seeing how good that did in Japan and Cuba, there's got to be so many little kids playing baseball right now in the backyards of those. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Dude, that's, how you grow the game. that's how you grow yeah. a game. 97% of Japan wants to be Shohei Otani now. I love that. Yeah. Dude, 100% but, uh, of the world wants to be Shohei Otani. That guy's fucking a rock star. Yeah, but like you said, McDavid asking for it, all these players asking for it. Hopefully one day we we get there and love to see it. Is there anything you guys want to bitch about in Canucks Corner? Because we haven't done a podcast since the trade deadline. So since then, we've seen the Canucks fucking go for it. They're trying to win every single game. (laughs) Braden's been pissed off seeing their best players win games for them playing 30 minutes a night. Like it's the playoffs. The Toronto game was painful. Dude. I had a blue Toronto out of the water. <laughs> so as we no, no don't even don't even fucking get me started on that because everyone on connects Twitter. Everyone as on we Twitter. typically do in Connects Corner, you have five minutes. Go. Everybody on the fucking oh, we beat the fucking Leafs. Let's fucking go. I don't even care that we just fucked over our Bedard chances. We beat the fucking Leafs. Fuck you. We don't deserve an NHL team in that fucking city if we're going to act like... Dude, there was a legit article posted on Sportsnet that compared the vibe in that fucking building to the same vibe as the 2011 series against the Boston Bruins. Do you know how fucking pathetic how that is? How can you make that comparison? Because like half, did, the, half the fans are losing. That's a gross over-exaggeration. They did. And people going, oh, yeah, we did. We showed those fucks in Toronto. And you know what Toronto media said? They didn't give a fuck. Because Vancouver means nothing to Toronto. It's so pathetic. It's such little man syndrome. I fucking hate it. We don't deserve Bedard because of that. Because the fan base was dunking on Toronto. They, because of that reaction, no I hope, I hope that Bedard goes to Toronto more than he goes to Vancouver. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's such a loser mentality. The fucking Mark Shifley and the Jets ass mentality. Like, fucking Aquilini came down into the dressing room after the game. Let's fucking go. Fuck you, Aquilini. Like, I hope I you fucking trip and fall on Maple Leaf and die. Like, absolute fucking joke. But yeah, no, I hate the Canucks. Um, I talked to my manager the day before the Ronick trade, and I said that it was really encouraging that they were trading for first round picks, and I was really hopeful that they're actually going to target a rebuild. Hi, do you want to try a little bad cop, worst cop, and tell me how you feel about the Canucks? <laughs> Well, I'm going to be a little bit more uh, diplomatic than Braden, I think. But Ooh, Toronto <laughs> sucks. No one thinks about us. <laughs> no, I mean, 100%. Like, coming into the deadline, there was a lot of positivity around the moves that. that the Canucks were making. You know, traded Shen, traded Bo Horvat, positive steps towards the future with the hopes of us finishing bottom five and having legitimate chance to get lucky in the lottery and draft Bedard. Uh the Hronik trade, I think, completely threw that out the window from a mentality standpoint because he hasn't even played in a game yet, and the Canucks are already out of the Bedard race. Like, we're going to pass St. Louis. <laughs> Who really sold? Louis. They've traded every single one of their they players. They sold so hard. But, like, that's where we're at. Demko came back from his injury. First of all, they should have just sat him for the entire year. But now he's coming back, and they're playing him like they're in a playoff race. He's starting and you've been so game. mad about that. Hughes is playing 30 picks. minutes a night. Keedy's playing 25 minutes a night. It's if you like want to push, insane. If you want to push next year, fucking let your guys rest so that they're healthy next year. Yeah. Get a top five pick this year because he's going to be able to fucking play on the team next year. There's four guys that are going to go top five that are centers. If you need a fucking third line center next year, go draft one. 
They can play. Fantilli can play on your third line. Leo Carlson can play on your third fucking oh, line. Oh, Fantilli? Wouldn't that be dude, so cool? Dude, worst fucking case. You take Mitchkov and you have to wait three years, and then he shows up on his fucking ELC when you're in your prime. It's a fucking joke. We can run this team better. I, I fucking banged the drum for Vince Dunn on this fucking team before this <laughs> fan draft. No one did shit. He's putting up 60 fucking points this year, and it turns out the Canucks to have him for the pick that they instead bought out of the Jason Dickinson contract with. It's And he would have been done after this year, right? And he'd be done after that. Like, God, like I, I, I sent the text to Kai the, like to the group the other day. I was just like, "Can you imagine the Canucks took our fucking advice and had traded for the defenseman that we said they could? They could have had a top fucking four defense. Let's say they keep Peronic on there, and they still do. They could have Quinn Hughes, Philip Peronic, John Marino, and Vince Dunn as the top four, and it would cost Ty Smith a second or like sorry, a Ty Smith equivalent. Let's say Jack Rathbone. Their value was fairly equivalent before that draft or before this season. Uh, you would have had Rathbone second or third, and that's what your defense would have been." It's fucking mind like it, it. It's just pure idiocy. Now on the bright side, um, do I think that they could actually turn this team around and push for two or three years? Yeah. I, I in a vacuum, I like Fronick. He's a year older than Quinn Hughes, but they're gonna buy out OEL. It's just like, what are we doing? They're gonna buy out OEL. They're yeah. gonna trade for some left defenseman. Like I, I, I do think they're gonna revisit Pittsburgh and somehow get Pedersen or like one of those guys. So well, I don't buying like- out OEL is so scary. I don't know. I, I'm torn. Pardon me. Like the two years where he's on the cap for four and a half, you know, I think one of those years he would be, his contract would still be running and the other year it wouldn't. And it's like, oh, the crunch is coming with PD and he says, how can we buy out? Well, I'd rather have OBL's cap hit at four and a half than I would for seven when having to deal with those, those contracts. Like, and I mean, you could, you could have OEL, OEL's dead cap hit at four and a half plus like a, I don't know, a minimum contract, and it would be just as impactful as OEL. If I were the Canucks, here's what I would do next. I would hire Mike Babcock as OEL's personal development coach, and I would just like let him rip into him all day, and then hopefully he goes on to LTIR retirement. I will say, just because you brought up Babcock, I am liking the vibes that uh, Talkett's given. He's brought structure, dude. Like, There's yeah. no debate. They're, they're legitimately playing better, and I do think... like. Coming into this year, we said they should be able to push for a wild card. That's the expectation next year. Like, I do think they'll be able to push it top four with Hughes, Peronic, Bear, you know, and whoever <laughs> they have on that second pairing lefty. That is a vastly improved defense group just, compared to this year. I think you and I were both so hopeful that we wouldn't be having to have that conversation where we could just be like, okay, cool. They know we're going to be bad next year and we can just lean into it. Yeah, because now it's going to be. There's no, window. there's no commitment to the cause. No, it's a two-year window, and then they're gonna have to do this whole fucking shuffle again for three years. We were talking about Demko getting traded. I think they still revisit that. I, I do, think and I mean during the summer, I, I do think Brock will probably get moved still. Yeah, but yeah, definitely Anyways. he's gone. I think Myers is gone. Um, they'll move money. It's just. I think Kerfoot to Vancouver is going to happen. I think that's our third line. Finally, some Leafs conversation. Well, his contract's up, right? I hope so. Get that yeah, bum off my team. A, they need a third line center who's going to cost less than three mil. Kerfoot's going to do that, right? He could play center. They'll play him at center. Kerfoot's not signing for more than three mil. There's no way. Yeah. I watched. They're going to sign Kerfoot. Uh, I saw a report today that they really like Gavrikov. I'm not concerned about that at all. Gavrikov said he doesn't want to play in, in Canada. Um, but so they'll overpay 
<laughs> well, it's that's the thing. I they know, the fact that he's a, he's a Milstein. That's client. the fucking issue. Is he's a damn Milstein. Milstein will talk talk Vancouver up. <sighs> but all right, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's Connect's corner. Yeah. Any other uh, anything else before we wrap up the pod? How's yeah, your love life looking, Bryn? Uh, ooh, Bryn's love corner. It's so non-existent. It's so hard to meet people when you're out of university. Uh, leave Tinder the other day. I was done with it. Nothing happened. I don't know. I went off coffee with somebody the other day, but like that's nothing. Probably I don't know. But like it's uh, I don't know. I've been going to the bars, and it's just not happening like it used to. I don't know. It's not. It's been deadish kind of vibes. We'll see. We'll pick it back up. I'm not giving up. Um. Summer's around the corner. Summer hot boy summer is around the corner. I, I did tell you when I asked somebody out and I was rejected, and that was a little bit of an odd situation given that we talked for three days before being informed that they were seeing somebody, but whatever. Uh so Luffy, I'm just that, you know, attractive. Um Yeah, dude, like I don't know. It, it is what it is. But I do I do want to bitch. Um there has been, I don't know, okay, we are all really fit guys. We all have six packs, we're all ripped. We all bench two plates squat three plates and deadlift four plates um we're really really good shape you guys go to the gym have you noticed recently an increase in people filming themselves at the gym yes like within the last six months a noticeable increase um i don't know okay maybe I've it's just my gym in the last six months so yes. okay my fucking gym dude there's people everywhere and it's not just that they're filming themselves they have a fucking tripod and they'll set up in front of the machine there's this one dude on sunday i was at the gym so what? there's one guy he's getting his tiktoks i don't give a shit here's my issue this one dude you do give a six, shit you're about six it. he had six outfit changes in an hour you're so he lying. could film different content I, i'm no not even way. fucking joking i'm not even fucking joking and he would sit down with his fuck i'm That's trying to so here's, smart. Where, here's why i'm pissed off I'm trying to use a fucking machine and you're sitting down in front of it with your fucking shitty tripod. And he's like, he's not even that big. And he's like, he's just like, he's skinny. Like he's got definition, but he's like skinny. And he's like, Oh, you want to know why I'm this big? It's cause I have power. I have commitment. I come and he's like yelling and he's flexing. And then he like just stops and he like just turns off and walks over to some other machine. Like I go, I'd sit down, I get ready to use a cable. Oh, there's the tripod. He's out talking to some fucking 14 year old girl. Cause that's what the gym influencer dudes love to do. Like, I'm just so done with it. I'm getting changed in the change room. I came out of the shower the other day, towel. Some dude's filming himself in the change room. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, all right, that crosses the line. What? Why the fuck the are you filming room? yourself in the change room? I, I said to him, I said to him I'm like, dude, turn the fucking shit off. And he goes, I'm, I, I, I'm filming myself. I don't give Why? a shit. I don't want to see my dick on your fucking Instagram story. Take it down. Like, what are you doing? It's the change room. Go home. This Go is where we put HGH yourself. in our asses and change. Yeah. Like, cool. Dude, <laughs> go be like everybody. Like, dude. Oh, things full of needles in that safe injection thing. Like, I don't know. I, I just hate it. And then you know what happened at the gym to me today, too? I was in line to use the water fountain. There's a huge line of guys, right? Because we're all jacked and we all keep hydrated because we're smart. So I'm like, oh, like I know. I'll look at my phone while I, while I kill the time and wait for my turn. So I open up the phone. I don't know if you guys know on Snapchat. When there's new stories, it'll just show you when, like, before you go to the snap side, it'll, like, show new stories. If you click on it, it'll just pop up the first story that's there. So I do it. And you remember that OnlyFans girl I mentioned from, like, maybe like a year ago now that I, I knew from school and like saw at the bar and shit. No. Okay. Rings so it's somewhat of a bell. I don't know. There's a girl I know I've got her on snap. She has an only fans. So <laughs> I open up the snap. I hit the snap thing and it's her story. And it's just her ass cheeks. And every like promoting her only fans and like everybody around me saw it. And I just like put it away as fast as I could and looked down and shame. I'm like, Oh man, like 
I look like a pervert to everybody at that fucking gym now. Like if I, I'm, I'm scared to go back and get like judgmental looks. Um, Did I ever tell you guys the time that at the Carlton gym, the guy was doing cardio, just watching porn? No way, really? <laughs> Dude, there's this guy on a fucking bike, just like biking, like with his arms, like holding a phone. So like not going hard on a bike, right? Because if you're going on yeah. a hard on a bike, you're gonna at least going to be holding on the handles. He was, was watching he hard a on bike. And I don't know. I like, I'm kind of like a, tweet that i'm kind of like one of those guys that i'm not nosy per se but i will catch a glance i can't help it like i'll no. by walking yeah. by i will catch yeah oh he's watching mandalorian cool no he wasn't watching mandalorian he was watching some ass porn man like it was asian ass porn which is one of my <laughs> favorites sure but at the gym not the time like real or animated it was real yeah it's japanese so i had to ask <laughs> Fair enough, but um, at the yeah, I can't believe that happened. It was wild. That's wild. The like, balls to like, do that. Like, it, how far was he in? Was it like somebody sent him this and was like, "You got to check this out. It's a great video." And he was just like checking out, like a little preview before he got home, or was he like twenty minutes in and the plot? I just really can't just imagine that, on? especially at school. I, or exactly. you just sit down, you have a lecture with this guy. It was like, I don't know. It was it's full screen, you know. I can't imagine. It's just, I, yeah. You I think he was just trying to like get her going so there's like more testosterone flowing and like the gains would be bigger like it was just natural test uh boost i think there's just a lot of horny fucks at college you know what i mean because i'm not even joking like my brother was like <laughs> he's like he was like man like i don't know i've heard that like he's like i'm thinking of taking viagra before the gym like some guys do it so they get more testosterone and you get bigger gains i'm like i don't think you should do that there's like, a lot of know. nfl players that do that per every really? every every actually game, every before because apparently it um like it's <laughs> a blood thinner or a blood something. It does something for your Dude, blood. Just that helps do move. just do your smelling salts. It works. Pre workout. <laughs> smelling salts. Yeah, do or take pre workout. Yeah. Do you think there's NHL players that refuse to wear the rainbow jerseys but uh take Viagra and go and like hit and like fall on top of other guys with boners? <laughs> so you're telling note. me that's gay? <laughs> All right. Yeah. On that note. <laughs>